0: All right, guys, let's get the proceedings proceeding this evening. My name is Kasandi Chishimba, and this, as always, is the Urbane Sports Report Podcast, powered by Rags to Rafters. Underdog roots, transcendent legacy. So last night, we had the debut of James Harden with the Philadelphia 76ers, and let's get right into it. Um, My thoughts... Um, my projections, just what I think about it overall. First things first, I mean, obviously the game was great. That was evident, right? That doesn't need much breakdown. But what I saw um, outside of just the the stats and, um, you know, just how that went for Joel and his uh, 34 and 10, I believe he had, and James Harden, he had his 27, 12, and 8, and Max, he added 28 points, outside of that, the big three of the sixers combining for 89 points, what do I see what what did I get from this game and and, and how do I think it'll translate for the rest of the regular season and how it looks um, for the sixers and what they're trying to accomplish in the playoffs was just which is obviously a deep playoff run and making it to the finals you know obviously winning a championship is the goal right? Um, I'll say this. The thing that stuck out to me the most with James Harden on the floor was the facilitation. His ability to facilitate for this team is what I think will be the number one addition uh, that he brings. Now, obviously, he's a prolific scorer. He's a historically all-time great score like you know at the end of the day you're probably going when you think of scorers throughout history not necessarily in just statistical accumulation but when you just think about ISO scores and just scores in general James Harden's going to be probably top 10 on everybody's list but his facilitating last night was masterful and I think what it really highlighted was really what you're getting with a guy like James Harden and what he's replacing and and how his value is so unique because he's so many things in one. His ability to get to the basket, his ability to draw fouls, his ability to go off the dribble and create jumpers, his ability to facilitate—all those things that he does—and um, not just facilitate in transition which he did multiple times last night but his ability to facilitate in the half court set against you know a defense that is you know set and in position and being able to you know find those cracks and crevices and take advantage of things that was the number one thing that really stood out to me watching the game sometimes we assume that any player could make Any pass sometimes or like sometimes it might be a certain pass that you'll see and it might not look jaw dropping when you initially see it. It might look like a simple pass. But when you watch multiple teams and you watch multiple players, you'll notice that every player is not created equally when it comes to facilitating. And last night, Harden made about 10 or so passes that really caught my eye, especially being a person who watches the Sixers all the time and was like, man, we have not had somebody who could make that pass in a long time, if not ever. And even to talk about it, because obviously Ben, who's no longer here, he was a, he was a very good passer, but there were certain, there are certain passes that even he's much more gifted in transition Pushing transition and creating in that particular environment, you know, driving to the lane, you know, um, making the defense collapse to the paint and kicking out. And, of course, he has, you know, a couple of razzle-dazzle passes here and there. However, what Harden brings with facilitating that to me is on on a different level is being able to do certain passes, particularly in the half court. And that is Partially drawn from just his skill, but also his ability to draw defenders and to kind of shift defenses because he has such an ability to shoot. Um, we even saw it like on in late in the game. I believe it might have been the fourth quarter or might have been the third quarter, um, but it was definitely in the second half where he had an isolation on the right elbow on the right wing, and he had just had a couple plays where, you know, he had, you know, gone behind, gone between the legs, you know, stepped back into a three and cashed out. But when Tyrese Maxey was over in the right corner on the strong side, he does almost like a fake step back jump shot and zips it right to him. And Maxey drives right to the rim and scores. So, and there were also a lot of situations where you just saw guys catch the ball in situations where they were right at the rim. And we had a lot of blown layups uh, last night, if you notice. So that to me, as they get used to him, I don't know if you guys, if you've ever, if you've ever played basketball and you're playing with someone who's a gifted passer, it actually takes a while to get used to it because you'll be receiving passes in scenarios that you're not accustomed to actually receiving it. And what great passers do is they pass you, Wide open. You might not be wide open when that ball is in the air, but by the time it touches your hands, you'll actually be shocked that you're like, "Oh my goodness, I'm in a scoring position." And I saw with the Sixers a lot of times where, with even with Joel, it'll be situations where he's catching the ball moving, and it's like, "Oh man!" Like he had a couple of times where he fumbled the ball, and Maxi a couple of situations, even with uh Millsap and somebody else a couple of times during the game, but nonetheless. I believe that his uh James Harden's ability to facilitate is the number one thing that to me jumped off the screen. Now, obviously he could, you know, score. He can obviously score. Um, and and he looked good doing it. But let's just uh let's keep moving forward. So the one of the biggest things that was talked about was how is how how is uh Joel Embiid and James Harden going to mesh. How are they going to mesh because we kept hearing Joel Embiid is having an MVP season and he's ball dominant and James Harden he's ball dominant. So how is it going to work? How is it going to work? And I think that that's been a bit overblown because I actually believe that they could both be themselves yet still complement each other because I don't think that I do think that James Harden wants the ball. I'm I don't deny that. But I don't believe that James Harden wanting the ball is necessarily going to be a detriment to Joel Embiid. I believe it's actually going to be a long-term asset to Joel Embiid. Just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean that you should be doing it. And I say that because Joel Embiid is very gifted and very skilled. Um, This year, up to this point, he's had to work very hard in a lot of games just for the Sixers to be competitive. That's why we saw so many games where he would have the 39-15 and or the 46-10, and what have you, what have you, right? And he's doing everything on the perimeter, right? Going between the legs, behind the back, step backs, this, that, and the third. But just because Joel Embiid can do that, doesn't mean that it's best for him to do that when you're thinking about the big picture and the long-term goal of winning a championship. Enter James Harden. That's why I think that James Harden being ball dominant to a degree helps Joel Embiid because it takes a lot off his plate. One of of the things that Joel Embiid said post-game was, He's never been this wide open in his entire career. There were multiple situations where Joel Embiid in a half-court set is catching the ball on a dive, perfect pocket pass into a layup or a perfect pocket pass into a little jump hook or perfect pass into top-of-the-key free-throw line jump shot where he's pretty much wide open, right? He gets these opportunities, and he's able to still produce at the same level with even higher efficiency and not having to work as hard. And I think that that's going to be a very critical thing when you're thinking about making a long playoff run. When you think about the the type of miles and simple exertion that Embiid would have to put out in these last 23, 24 games, if, if a guy like James Harden wasn't there. It's just a lot different. And when you're going to on a championship run, it's a long season. You know, you have best of seven four times. And we we know that even though Joel Embiid to his credit is in the best conditioning and best shape that he's been his entire career, you still want to be able to help him because the playoffs are another level. So I think so I think James Harden is going to help Embiid a lot. In, in helping be sustain the level that he's been at. Um, and even a guy like Tobias, Tobias, he, he wasn't great last night offensively, even though he was solid defensively. I'll give him that. But I actually think that over time, um, Tobias is actually going to be fine. I, I'm not very much worried about it. And um, I think he's going to benefit greatly. All he has to do is trust. Um, his three ball, and not you know. So we all know Tobias. He has this habit of catching the ball wide open at three, and he sometimes will do a half pump fake, hesitation, a couple dribbles into a mid range, and it kind of just slows things up. and And it's like he's indecisive about exactly what he wants to do. I think as he gets comfortable and used to being around a guy like James Harden, who's going to find him for those threes. I think that he's going to be so much, so much more efficient and so much better for it in knowing exactly what he wants to do off the catch. Like Maxi, for instance, last night he had a situation where he he caught a caught a pass wide open behind the three point line, shot it and made it a couple times actually. And he also had situations where he caught it somewhat open and knew when to drive and get into the floater or get into the layup package. So I I actually think that Tobias is going to do better. I actually think that he's going to have a good game tomorrow against the Knicks. I could be wrong, but I just, for, for, for some reason, I feel like Tobias is going to hit like three to five threes tomorrow against the Knicks. Um, if he does it, just know I'll be reposting this a couple times. And if he doesn't don't at me. Uh, but what do I see for the Sixers uh, with James Harden long-term? it's going to be a dogfight fight getting out the East, the East. This is one of the best Eastern conference races that I've ever seen. Like ever. I've been watching the best watching the NBA uh, intently since the early nineties. Like since I was like, you know, five, six, seven years old. Like that, that was, you know, those early bulls championships, you know, I was really young, but that was like when I got into basketball um, and when I think about the Eastern conference over the years, this is the most talented and balanced. Like it's just a great race. It's very reminiscent of a lot of years in the West. Um, and I think it's going to be great. You have Milwaukee, you have Miami, you have the Sixers, you have Brooklyn, you have Chicago, you have, uh, the Celtics who are surging. Um, I think I, this playoffs is it's insane when you think about all those teams that are not going to make the conference finals who all have the same goal and same expectation. Um, And rightfully so, because there are a lot of teams that legitimately could make it. Um, There are like four teams that could come out the East and I would not be surprised whatsoever. Um, But I actually, I feel very confident um, in the Sixers chances. I really do. I really do. And, to kind of go back, I want to get back to uh, my projection for the Sixers, but to go back to the Joel Embiid, James Harden dynamic and everything that has been made out about that and can they coexist, Um, I really believe they can. And aside from James Harden making Joel Embiid's life easier, and the fact that they can both be dominant and their dominance can actually complement each other. I really believe that. I also believe that... I believe in James Harden's IQ. And James Harden knew the flack that he would get. I don't believe that he's oblivious to anything. He knew the flack that he would get with the whole Brooklyn situation. And he chose to come to Philly, and he saw how Embiid was playing... like he he's not dumb he sees it the same the same way we all see it and i actually don't believe that james harden wants to be a player who simply wants to ball dominate and not get others involved and not play with another star because if that was the case why wouldn't he just a stay in brooklyn or i mean not stay in brooklyn stay in houston or If he wanted to be in that type of dynamic, he could have stayed in Brooklyn, become a free agent, and then just gone to some other random place where there was no other star and he could dribble, 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 shoot all day long. Why would he go play with a guy like Embiid if he didn't want to do that? To me, that just doesn't make sense. And we can go on and on about, you know, say like other relationships that didn't work. I get that. But to put your neck on the line in order to, to force this situation now, um, I do think that there's something to that. And I do believe that these guys could really, really complement each other well and that we got a good, good glimpse of that last night. Um, this Sixers team is definitely good enough to go to the conference finals. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're good enough to beat any team in the East. And I, and here, here's the craziest thing. Here's the craziest thing. The Sixers, you can argue, legit, have the best player in the league. Or even if you don't say the league, well, I mean, you're probably going to say Giannis, right? Giannis or KD or whatever. That's usually like the consensus of where people are kind of going these days with who's the best player. Joel Embiid is just as good as either of them. Like you can we can nitpick and break it down and break down legacies and accomplishments, this, that and the third and where guys rank. But when you put these guys on the floor, Joel Embiid is more than capable, more than equipped to be the best player on the floor with any of them on the floor with him any given night. You saw what happened before the All-Star break, Sixers at Bucks. That was after the trade. That was before James Harden even got there versus a fully loaded Bucks team. Obviously minus Lopez, but I mean, what is he doing, right? He's not doing anything with the meat. But Giannis versus Joel, Joel stands right up there with him. And it doesn't matter who it is or KD. We've we have seen that happen. So we have a guy who who can elevate to that level. And now he's in a scenario with James Harden where he has that perfect complement of not having to do everything. Now, Joel Embiid doesn't have to do everything. And because he doesn't have to do everything, that's going to make life just so much easier for him. And he's going to be able to get his shots. The spacing is going to be so much better. Now, kind of a random thought, kind of a random thought to touch on this. Isaiah Joe needs more minutes Isaiah Joe needs way more minutes. And I specifically want to see some Isaiah Joe and Harden minutes like mixed in there when when Harden has to run with a couple bench guys. I would love to see Isaiah Joe mixed in there because he is just a natural shooter. That's his natural instinct is to catch. And shoot, and between the space that he's going to get, just being on the floor with Harden, Tobias, whoever else is on the floor with him, um, and the space that he's going to give, and also the open looks that he's going to get, I would love to see how uh, how that's going to work. But uh, but yeah, um, overall, it looks good, and I think that it's sustainable. You know, sometimes you can have a good debut, and you can say, well. How many times are those three going to score almost 90 points? I don't think they're going to have to do it because, honestly, I think that even if another person scoring goes down, I don't think Tobias is going to have the offensive game that he had last night. I think it's going to bounce out. Um, And what did we score last night? We scored, was it 130? We ended up scoring last night? 130, 121. I'm sorry, I'm checking on that right now. Looking at the scores from last night. Was it 130? We we'll score 130, right? 133. Look, we're not going to score 133. But, 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 I don't think it's outlandish to say that the Sixers to score, could score close to 120 every game. If if both stars are on the floor, I don't think that's crazy. Like somewhere in like that 118, 120 range, I don't think is outlandish. At all At all So um, You know Those are my initial thoughts I think that You know Obviously the Sixers look great That's obvious But I do believe It's sustainable And um, It's going to be A a tough fight To get out of the conference But I believe That they're more than equipped To do that What are your thoughts Tell me what you think Do you think that uh, The Harden And Embiid honeymoon uh, Will last How do you think That they're going to mesh Long term Talk to me This has been the Urbane Sports Report Podcast, powered by Rags to Rafters. Underdog roots, transcendent legacy. Check us out at com.